So welcome to the Expert Edge. We're going to be doing a special series right now, and you're listening to the Social Media Bootcamp series all about increasing your platform. Look, I know that social media is a really important part of building an expert business. In fact, if you don't have social media, you kind of don't exist. And so this this month, um, make sure you go and check out all the episodes on this as it unfolds, or if you're watching this after we've done it, make sure you check out all the other episodes around this. But for you to increase your platform on social media, it's definitely a key pillar of building a successful business. So I wanted to bring on, as usual, some really leading experts in this particular field, and today is really special. Today is all about building a social media machine and taking the overwhelm out of that. Now, my good friend, Stacey Tushel, who is a highly successful expert, she runs multiple businesses, is an absolute expert in this. And in today's session, we really go deep into the phases that you need to go through in building your social media. So maybe you're starting out and you're maybe you only got a thousand followers or a couple hundred followers or whatever, and you're wanting to grow that. So it's like we talk about the different phases that you need to move through to actually build your social media into something that generates clients consistently. We talk about, uh, yeah, really like how to start out effectively, how to get that consistency, um, how to actually produce content ideas. In fact, I've got like pages of notes from this interview because Stacy is just exceptional at social media, social media generation, and really creating systems for this type of stuff. Stacy actually talks about this one idea that I think is so brilliant. In fact, we're gonna be implementing it in our business really soon, and it's all about how to generate ideas without generating ideas. <laughs> you wait for it, you wait for it. It's this one hack that she did recently that is the foundation for all of her social media content. And so that's really cool. Make sure to listen to that in the podcast. And she talks about this idea called hotspots and hotspots is really all about how to find those sweet spots in the content you're creating and the quality of content that you're creating and then how to actually extrapolate that, expand that over the various social media platforms in the right way depending on what level you're at. Like I said, maybe you're at a high level, maybe you're at a starting out level, but we talk about all of those levels and how to implement it. Uh, make sure you go and check out Stacy on Instagram, Stacy Tushel, and also you can check out her podcast, which is the Foot Traffic Formula. So let's get into building your platform on social media for this month, and I'm excited to bring you my good friend, Stacy Tushel. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So Stacey Tushel, welcome to the Expert Edge. Hi, Colin. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you here. And uh, I know I'm really excited to share you with my audience because first of all, you're brilliant. Uh, I think that you're a great thinker an incredible strategist, uh, and you're a busy mom. You run multiple businesses. Uh, I know that your, is your husband, in, he's a SWAT team member, right? Like he's he, in the so he was on the SWAT team. He's, he was a police officer for 12 years, but he retired last year at the end of the year. What? Yeah. Did I not I tell know you that? that? Yes. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's so he cool. now works in our businesses together. Wow. Well, I was going to say like, you are, a, you're like a SWAT mom, right? <laughs> He was on like the SWAT team, but I'm, I'm all honesty, like you're a SWAT team member already. Uh, mm. and, and I'm just really excited to share you with my audience. And my goal is always to bring people who are running incredibly successful businesses, people who have grown, they've developed their mindset, their strategies, and they're driving a Ferrari metaphorically in their business. And I want to lift the hood on your business. And really the big context is talking about social media and how people can use their social media to drive traffic, uh, which I know is a big expertise for you. Uh, and, and I would love to talk even realistically around what that looks like as a solopreneur and transitioning mm -hmm. with running an actual team, et cetera. So I think that people are going to, if they're interested in growing their social media and building a platform, they're going to get a ton out of this. So uh, I'm really curious in terms of social media, like where do you think people should start? Yeah. So um, first I'll say too, I want people to say, I see you everywhere. I see you mm -hmm. all the time. 
like you're popping in in places they didn't even know <laughs> you could pop in on, right? Um, so I think the end goal here is that you're everywhere, but that's not where you start, right? You don't get to start with six platforms and think you're going to come out as a solopreneur and kill the social media game, right? It is exhausting. It should be something that is not on the CEO's plate, which in the beginning it is, right? So it was one of the first things that I hired out. I remember somebody saying, the first role you're going to hire is a personal assistant. They're going to clean. They're going to do this. They're I'm like, no, mine is going to be social media. It, to, to me, that was more draining. That took more time and it wasn't my sweet spot, right? So what I want you to be thinking about is, what is your sweet spot? Maybe you love writing killer captions. Maybe you love Facebook Live. Like maybe you are born to be on camera, right? So I don't want to sit here and tell you, this is how I do it. This is how you should do it. I want to kind of tell you the framework or the strategy behind what I'm doing so you can take it and make it your own, right? So I think for me, the first place is, um, where do I like to start? Where do I like to hang out? What do I like to consume? Because I think when you enjoy consuming, you'll enjoy producing on that platform much more. Like for instance, I really, really, really want to be good at LinkedIn really so badly, Colin. I want to be like this LinkedIn amazing person, but I don't consume LinkedIn. No. And I just can't get over there and I don't know what to do over there. And it is a struggle but I love Instagram. I am on it way more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> when, I, when I'm on LinkedIn, I feel like I'm working in a cubicle at a corporate <laughs> yes. office. <laughs> it's just not my style or your style, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, not totally. to say we're not going to learn how to do it and Absolutely. put somebody in charge of it, yeah. but it's not a place I naturally go as a solopreneur to want yes. to invest my time in. So why did I start to ask myself, what do I like? So when I started to do it myself, this was about five years ago, I was at the time loving Periscope. I would watch Periscopes and then I was like, all right, I'm going to start to produce over here. How can I start to put myself out there? Because it's a place I'm naturally opening up the app. So I want to ask you, what are you naturally compelled to go to? What are you naturally consuming? And how do we stop the consuming? Uh, like minor, right? 20, 80, 20 rule. We want to get you producing on that platform 80% of the time and only 20% consuming. And when you're consuming, you're really there for market research. Not so much to check out what your sister's up to and your friend from high school, right? Things like that. Mm, this is really fascinating because I think, I mean, that's a huge shift that I notice with market leaders is, their focus is not on consumption, it's on creation. Yes. And so how have you mentally kind of made that shift? I think mentally I had to say to myself, I'm not here to make like to make friends or to rekindle my relationships from high school. That wasn't mm. the plan. I'm not here for personal reasons. I'm here for professional. So I think it's really funny because my friends and my family look at me and they think I'm obsessed with social media, right? So they'll say things like, Oh, did you see the post that I had? I put on Thursday and I'm thinking, I don't watch your face. I haven't ever gone on your Facebook page ever. Like, what are you talking about? But in their mind, I am like this social media person. That's just a consumer. You're like, like you're posting so much. Yeah. You're posting like 17 times a day. What do you mean? You didn't see Thursday's post. So I think for me, I've never come onto these platforms as a personal strategy. It was mm. always professional. So if you have been on here personally consuming, you've got to ask yourself, how can you start to put that into your personal time bucket and not the work day? I'm okay if you want to check out your sister on a Saturday during the day or at night in your free time. But if you've got a set time that you're working on your business, you are not there to consume personal mm, content. So this I'm, is really good. So like during yeah. the day, like let's say you've got a work hour nine to five that you set. It's like, do not be on there in consumption mode as like a friend trying to see what people are up to. Yeah, but I will go in consumption mode for like people like you or people that I'm trying to get inspired by or, oh, wow, Colin's doing this and that was really cool and I'd love to try something. So will I check out your Instagram at noon on a work day? Totally. But I'm there, um, unfortunately not as your friend, <laughs> I'm there as a stalker to be like, ooh, this would be a really cool strategy, right? Mm, so, so I just good. think it's a different mindset. So next time we hang out or we're having dinner <laughs> or whatever, I'm going to just be watching you going, okay, so you're here professionally stalking me right now. <laughs> we mix business with pleasure. Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm so good. Like, can I just tell you the funniest thing that happened? My mom 
came to America a little while ago uh, when travel was happening and she arrived in LAX and she couldn't get a hold of me and she put a post on Facebook just and didn't even tag me, just put a post and just said, I'm at LAX like area 14, come and get me Colin and wasn't even tagged. She just puts it out there into Facebook and then I find it three weeks later. I'm like, what is this? And she's like, I put it on Facebook. Didn't you see it? Wow. Oh my, that is the cutest story so ever. Cute, eh? So cute. But so basically my mom is there for social reasons. Yeah. But if you want to be a leader in the industry, you, you can't be there for social reasons. You got to be there for yeah. professional. So I'm really curious about when you start to think about, like, let's say someone's starting out, maybe they've got like 2000 followers on Instagram. They've got 400 likes on their, you know, on their Facebook page and they're going, okay, I really like Instagram. I like Instagram uh, and I'm realizing I need to be not a consumer. I need to be a creator. Uh, where do they start then? Like with, yeah. with their thinking. Okay. So first you want to use the features that that platform is trying to promote, right? So as we're recording this mm. reels is by far the number one thing, right? Um, and when I say reels and you picture somebody dancing, please know I don't dance on my reels. I do very different style, but they still work. So you can be you and don't, yeah. don't just think like, Oh, I know what that looks like. I'm not interested you can spin it a way that works for you, okay? So Reels is very popular. When they bring out but a new feature- Can you give an example of that? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, cause I, I mean, what's funny is I'm actually a dancer and I am like, there is no way I'm dancing on my Reels, and right? I'm not it's... a dancer and I am dancing on my Reels. <laughs> <laughs> Which you get to do you, right? Like totally. to me, Callan, you are funny. So I could, I could see that like people just eating that up. So what mine, what people come to me for, right? Like if I started dancing out of nowhere and I'm not this funny personality, people are probably going to be very thrown off by the inconsistency of what I'm putting out there. So what am I? Well, I am very like quick to the point. Here's how you do it. People love like my top podcasts usually start with the phrase how to <laughs> like, they yeah. just love the real stuff. So we started to experiment with some reels. And if you go to my Instagram and you look at my reels, you can see which ones are the most popular and which ones aren't. So the most popular ones are like how to um, batch content, how to create a vision board, right? They want to see uh, the must have podcast equipment. That's the kind of stuff that's doing well for me. All right. Yeah. So you can cheat and you can go to anybody. If you're like, you know what? I really resonate with this person. And I feel like I'm similar to them. If you go to their reels, you can see their views. You can see what took off and what didn't. You can see that the one I posted yesterday has way more than anything I've ever posted in the last you know, four weeks of doing reels. So clearly that was a winner, right? So you get to cheat by looking at what's working for somebody who has way more than 2000 followers. A lot of times we're like, but I don't have any analytics to track. I'm not really doing anything. You can use other people's information to see what's working and what's not. So yeah, I would okay, say- this is good. Yeah, I would say start there, use the features they want. So if they're wanting you to go live, if they're wanting you to do IGTV, lean in to what they want. Now, if you're like, but I don't like camera, I don't wanna be on video. Okay, well, if you wanna play at a level like Colin is talking about, you have to do and be like the people playing at that level, right? I don't know many seven figure entrepreneurs that are like, oh, I don't really like camera. Like, have you ever, Colin, heard any one of our mastermind friends say like, no, I don't really go on camera. No, I mean, some of them have <laughs> felt like that in the past, yeah. but they've all become bigger. They've than made it. themselves. Made themselves. Like do they it. don't take that excuse. Yeah, 100%. Totally. Would, would I love camera five years ago? No. Like, I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't even know mm. what I would do. But we make ourselves do the things that are uncomfortable knowing the outcome is going to be so worth it, Right. So um, with that said, this is one tip that I really want to share that I think will be helpful is what can you do to collaborate with other people on Instagram to share their audience? Okay. So for instance, if I invite Colin to do an IG live, okay, it's easier for me to ask somebody to come on my interview, right? Then it is for me to be like, Colin, do you want to feature me on your, right? Like, no, don't do that, but invite them to come on yours. So what happens is when you go live, if I go live, it'll still show up as Colin going live on his page to all of his followers. So imagine if you interviewed somebody once a week, right? Once a month, whatever that is, 
they would start to promote your handle just by jumping and joining you on that live. Now, this is what so people- when you bring, so you're saying when you bring the person on yep. as a guest on a Facebook live, it also promotes it on their, their, their Instagram. Yeah. As them so, going live. Yeah. So if I went live and I brought Colin on the screen, if you were just following Colin and not me, it would say Colin Boyd is live. And when you click it, it'll say Stacy Tushel with Colin Boyd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a massive strategy. Many people do not know about. And then here's where you'll, you might take it and you do it wrong is you go perfect. Well, I have 2000 followers. Let me go find the influencers with 50,000 people. And they're going to look at you and say, no, thank you right? You need to find people that are a little bit above you, right? Mm. That's a little bit of a stretch, but you're not that far off. Like if you have 2000 and they have 5,000, you're in the same ballpark. Mm. They're like, sure, let's do it. Right. So I would always go just a little bit higher than me or somewhere in my same, you know, situation because it's going to be an easier yes. And you can start to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And as you get people to start following you, you can leverage those larger numbers to go after larger people. So that's a massive strategy that you should absolutely be doing. Oh, I love that tactic. That's brilliant. And so to clarify as well, when someone you bring, let's say I'm going live and I bring you on, will it stay on your live or it's only while you're actually live that it shows the live? It'll, it'll show up for as long as I'm on camera. Okay. Yeah. That's what yes. I wanted to clarify. I have so it doesn't, to be on camera. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> load into your live yeah. stories, et cetera. Yeah. So when I was, I was on Instagram the other day and it was like Marie Forleo's live and I clicked on it and somebody was interviewing Marie. So even though it showed up as Marie being live, Marie was just being interviewed. So that girl oh. is getting the credit, right? Of Marie's following. She, and, but here's the thing, you better make sure that you are doing a good job at interviewing, right? <laughs> because when you get that visibility, you've got to get them to say, Oh, I like him. I like her. Mm. How do I follow them, right? So be thinking about that. But how do you get good? You practice. So start doing these and start building up that skill set of interviewing. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So we, let's say we're on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so it's it's focus on what's working, what the platform is liking. So at the moment it's Reels. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then this this idea of, of live. If someone's saying, hey, I'm completely overwhelmed with even like where to start or, or to start to get to that level of, you know, being everywhere, starting to producing a lot of content, how do they start to plan that and map that out? What does that look like? So I don't know about you, but I feel like what else could I possibly talk about? Like I'm in the place where I feel like I've talked about everything, <laughs> that I have nothing left to say, right? Yeah. I just have to keep saying the same thing. Yeah. So one of the things that we just did that has been really helpful, and I think anybody with any size following could do this, is we sent out a survey to our current email list, our current followers, and we just said, hey, listen, I'm about to produce a ton of new content. If you've ever been wanting me to teach on something, ask me something, this is your chance to throw it here. Because every time I go live, every time I create a podcast, I'm going to the survey and it's going to come from here, right? And then as a thank you, we actually gave them my digital copy of my book. So as soon as they fill out the survey, the next page is like, hey, thanks so much. Here's the download. Go feel free to nice. read it. Like, thanks for doing that, right? So everybody gets a copy of it as a thank you. It doesn't cost me anything, right? But it's so helpful because when we're saying to the team, what are we talking about next week, right? The team can now start to say, well, here are common themes. Here are like overwhelming. The number one thing that we had was this, right? They can start to tally every survey. Every time they hear podcast, podcast, social media, social media, they can start to say, people want to know about this. Let's go deeper. Let's go wider. Let's take more of a depth on Instagram or whatever the, the question is. So that I think could be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. And so with those topics, were these open-ended questions or were they pick your own kind of like you set criteria? Yeah. So you've got to be careful because you don't want these to be 30 question, you know, 30 yeah. questions because people just don't want to answer. So one of the things we did strategically was we did not make anything that would be a paragraph required right? So I've got some multiple choice. I've got some very quick, like check the boxes of what applies to you. What do you like? And then anything that's like, what are your biggest struggles? 
I didn't require because somebody who's looking to make this really fast, really quick answer might be like, I don't really care about this, but they do want to give me a quick multiple choice. Yes or no. Okay. So when you say didn't require, like it's just not a required question. Yeah. Cause we just use a Google form. So we just made sure we unchecked the required part. Something we did do that I, I also think is important is I ask, this is an anonymous survey. We don't ask for your email. We don't ask for your name. So we say, please be honest because no one is going to see this. We can't even track it, trace it back to you, right? Mm. So we ask like how many years in business? What's your revenue, right? And we give them buckets. Um, We ask things like, have you ever bought from Stacy before? And Colin, I could totally share this link with you guys. It, it won't be, it might be still active at the time, but if it's not, they could still see it to model it because we said oh, that'd things be like- that'd be great. I'll put yeah. that in the show notes, yeah. Okay, perfect. So we said things like, have you ever bought from Stacy before? Are you a current client of Stacy's? Like which one? And have you just consumed her free stuff, right? Because when we go to look at this, this survey, I wanna know what a client is looking mm. for versus just like the free people that are never going to be interested in buying. I want to get the right person so that my content isn't just attracting more free people. It's attracting the girl or the guy that wants my foot traffic formula, that wants my powerhouse, right? And then I can start to see, oh, wow, look at the powerhouses and look what they're requesting. So we actually said to our clients, don't think this survey isn't for you. Like, please go fill it out. We'd love to see you fill it out. We're going to, when we see your name come through, trust me, we are going to make content for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I definitely think one of the challenges is is aligning free content that leads to a paid client. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough to get it perfect. You're always going to have like a bigger net at the front end. But that's such a great strategy to actually to actually ask them. I mean, how it's rocket science, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, why am I the only one thinking about what I should tell everybody? Why can't they help me, right? It's Do you so love the true. podcast? Please just help me because I don't know what to tell you next week. Do you want me to keep doing it? You know, like when we joke around like this, people are like, oh my goodness, like absolutely, I've got a million ideas. Hmm. So, and then too, keeping the survey up, this might be something we do permanently keep up because when somebody DMs and they say, hey, what about this? We can now respond back and say, that is a phenomenal question. Would you mind filling this out? Because that's where we grab our content from for future episodes or future mm. lives. Oh, that's brilliant. So you're basically creating like a content generation yes. machine from your audience. Yep. Um, and, and with Google engaged. Form, it's in your spreadsheet. It's in your yeah. drive. You get to go back to it. Imagine if I had one for every year. So I could see like, okay, this is where we were this year, but look at the difference in where our audience is going. You know, what if we're scaling the audience and attracting a higher level next year? I want to see if there's differences, similarities. What are people still wanting? Who Maybe we average people that are making under a hundred thousand, but all of a sudden next year, it's like everybody's making 200,000 or who knows what that looks like. How does someone uh, strategically plan their content? So let's say they've got a bunch of ideas. Um, you were talking to me before we started the podcast around like using, you kind of use your podcast as the core piece of content. Yeah. And then how, do, how, do you, how does that, you know, extrapolate out and so forth? Yeah, because there's so many platforms that if, if you thought to yourself, okay, I need seven Facebook posts this week. I need seven Instagram posts. I'm good. <laughs> you start to go, okay, this is not happening, right? Yeah. So what my team asks us is, what are we talking about? What's one piece of content we're talking about this week? Just one. That's it. That's all we say. What's the one topic? And then from there, we can start to repurpose some things. So for instance, I don't ever record a podcast without capturing video. I did probably, I would say the first three years of my podcast, all audio, never thought to turn my video on. Like, why would I need to? It's a, it's a podcast, right? So then all of a sudden we started hearing people say like, video is so hot. You've got to stay on video always, always keep your camera on. So I just started turning it on, even though I wasn't able to repurpose it or do anything with it. But when we finally hired somebody to come in and grab some like video clips, we were able to say, okay, here's whole bank of video saved. So let's say you and I recorded a podcast three years ago and I have it on recording, right? But it's gold. He can go in and he is now looking for what we call like hotspots, of you've said something that's so good. We want to pull that out. Right. And we start to clip these little videos in to start to repurpose and reuse for future days and times. So again, I just need one 30 minute podcast where I'm on camera 
and the team can grab those videos and take these things and do all of this amazing stuff with it. Even um, we strip the audio, transcribe it. So the team is also turning that into blog posts. They're turning that into captions on Instagram. So if I can just show up once a week with good content, that 30 minute window, they're going to grab so much stuff from that because here's what you have to understand. I don't need 30 minutes of content to provide me with seven days of content because I have so much backlogged that I could grab from 90 days ago and pull it up. I could grab it from six months ago and pull it up, right? So I want people to start understanding, just start with that one thing every week and and save it and you'll start to really like add up what you've got. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is you've got to be organized in terms of your filing and where your content sits and pulling it all together. Uh, Like how do you organize it? You know, I know that you wrote a book called the implementation code and you're big on just being organized and structured. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, how, How do you organize your content? Yeah. So this is something you have to really ask yourself, like, what do I want to do with this? Where would it go next? Right? So when I record something, I I'm done with this video. It goes into a folder that's like titled 2021 and it goes into a raw footage folder. Meaning this is me hitting record. There might be mistakes. (laughs) There might be like weird things where I'm like, Hey, Kent, can you cut this out? Right? Like I need it to, I need people to know, like, this is raw. Please make sure you're, you're grabbing it. Then from there, really systematizing it in our project management software of what should happen next, right? So somebody's going to grab that. They are going to first transcribe it. So we actually use Searchy for all of this because it's just, it's unlimited and there's so much because we do so much content, right? Mm. So Searchy transcribes all of it and we can then start to look for hotspots. So when I say hotspot, it might be a two minute video clip we use to promote on social. It might be just a really good section that we could turn into a blog. When I, I shouldn't say blog, maybe like a caption. So I speak very differently than I would write. We all do. So yeah. you can't just have somebody take what you said and put it on Instagram. You might be saying, and then sometimes we go like, just like I just did there. I cut myself off and I started a new sentence or a new something else, right? You've got to make sure that the person can take it and make it flow and get rid of your shiny object notes that you threw in there just in case. So it's really starting to ask yourself, what else could we do from here? Who would jump in next? What would this look like? So I always tell people, if you're a solopreneur, this is where your list is going to be like five things, right? If you have a team, one person, two person VAs, right? You might have 10 things that it can allow you to do. If, I mean, now our marketing department, there's like six people in our marketing department right now. Like full time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or contract or all that sort of stuff. And yeah. and can we talk about this as well? Because I think that there is like people look at you, they look at me, they look at other market mm-hmm. leaders and they're like, I want to produce at that level, but they literally don't even have an assistant. Yeah. There's like, just, ha- it, yeah, yeah. Talk, it's talk to that. physically impossible. Yeah. Like if you looked at a Victoria's Secret model and you're like, I want to look like her, but then you keep eating McDonald's, that is just not going to happen, right? Like, it doesn't matter how little of McDonald's you eat, you are not going to look like that, right? And when people say that to me, like you can, but you have to, you can't follow me today. You have to follow me when I was a solo. Mm. And then you have to follow me when I got one VA. And then you have to follow me when I got three VA, right? It's like, you have to follow that plan um, or it's just, it's not going to work. So little by little you add, and then somebody's maxed out on the team. I've got a million ideas I want to give them, but I know they're, they don't have any time left. Mm-hmm. And I realize, okay, it's time to hire somebody else to help them. Right. That's kind of where we head. So I think, um, don't get overwhelmed with like, you need six people. You need seven people. No, no, no. You just need to start to delegate and start to look at what is working. And with the little bit amount of time I have, where should we put most of our time and energy? Right. Mm. And as you keep going back to what's working and you start to bring in more money, you just keep investing back Mm. into those team members. Right. And then they just give you more time freedom. I think, I think a lot of people get really um, disheartened with their results with social media. Yes. And uh, especially when you're just starting out, like it can be really tough, you know, getting like three likes on something or just, just really starting and going like, Oh my gosh, I'm not getting any sales or, how I'm, I'm, how do you 
you like the time or value on social media, et cetera, in this personal brand world? Like how have you gone? Because obviously you invest a lot in it. You've yeah. got a lot of employees for it. You've got a lot of time in it. Like how, how do you view social media compared to maybe, you know, just planning in general or maybe answering emails or, you know, teaching your current clients? Like how do you view it on the value scale? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think social media is critically important. It is one of the best ways we get new people to see us, check us out, like learn. I mean, literally I we're in the middle of a launch right now. And I said, how many of you didn't know who I was before today? And the amount of me's that popped up in the chat, right? They're coming from social media. So Mm -hmm. how valuable is it? It's incredibly valuable. What I will say is the hard part about social media is a new platform for you. Like the, the one that you start to put time and energy in, it can take a long time before it feels like it's producing anything. I remember I said to my team a year in to Instagram after posting daily, I said to my team, I can feel our momentum a year later, 365 posts. I was like, you know what? I think it's working. (laughs) And that's the part that people can't handle is they're like, I'm not going to try it 365 times and then see if it worked. Right. They don't want to put in that work. But what I will say is we're not like talking about social media as if it might be a big thing. It is a big thing and it is not going anywhere and it is worth the time investing in it. Now, the part that you have to start to really do and do in the beginning that I definitely didn't do that well is consistently tracking your analytics every week and asking yourself, what were my top posts? What got the most amount of likes? Even if it's like silly and one had three and one had four, I don't care. Like go with number four, like go with the one that had more and reproduce it, make a different angle with it, turn that quote into a video. So I keep posting what we realized and it's not a waste that one year I'm finding my voice. I'm finding who I am. I'm finding things about me that I didn't know, but now I hear and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. So one thing that people said in the survey because it said, what, is, what do you like about Stacy? Okay. I can't tell you how many people said, I love her tough love. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is, that is me. I am like a tough love, like suck it up. Yes. Like, let's do this. And it, until people were saying it about me, it didn't even click. And now I get to go back to my social media manager and I say to her, grab anything I've ever said. That's a little bit of tough love and turn it into a quote. So right now, all of my quotes that are outperforming are the tough love ones, right? It says like, you can't build a seven figure business with six figure habits, right? (laughs) Um, Like things like that, right? Or we had this one that said, when people ask you what you do, say whatever it takes. Big one, right? Because my person is a go-getter. They're the powerhouse. Mm. They're like the, let's do this. They're not the pity party. You know, like it's just a different vibe. So the more I'm like just putting stuff out there and then looking at my analytics, I start to recognize things about me that people are enjoying or liking or want to see more of. If you don't check your analytics because you don't think there's nothing worth checking, you're just going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall and never looking backwards to see if it's stuck or not. And that is going to make you feel like you're spinning. And what does that look like checking your analytics? Like, is that literally bringing up your Instagram and scrolling through going, okay, this had, this reel had 300 watt views and this one had 5,000 views. It's like seeing the difference comments. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, okay. So right now I'm going to be, I'm going to go on my phone and I am going to go, like, if I wanted to quickly check my Instagram, I don't even have to have real analytics where I go into analytics. All I have to do and click on my last nine posts and ask myself, which one had the most likes, which one had the most comments, right? Then I can go into reels and I can very quickly see the number of like my last reel is within like 24 hours. We already have 3000 views. Well, I have a reel from like weeks ago that only has 1400. So it's like the first reel is only going to get bigger. And the, this 1400 one clearly was not a winner. Like, like that's probably not something we should be reproducing. Right. So when I say analytics and you're like, I don't even know how to check analytics. I don't mean analytics. I mean, you could, my, my social media manager does do that. I just mean, observe, be aware, look at it. Right. I can check Colin's analytics without ever going into his man, like business manager analytics. I can see what Colin produced in the last seven days and see what his winners are. 
and see what's working for him. Now, if I reproduce it, it's not a guarantee to work for me because we might have a different style. People might like Colin for a certain reason than they like me. So if I wanted to like ethically knock off something that you did well, I would have to ask myself, what version of this would feel like me? How could I try this in my way? So when I looked at reels and I saw the dancing, I'm like, okay, I'll do it, but I'm not going to dance. So what's my version look like? How do Mm. I make this feel good? And then I put it out there and some are doing well and some are not. And now it's like the ones that aren't, you will not see those coming back. We're just going to keep putting out new ones that feel very similar to our top five. Mm. This is great. And I think this is the pro level. Because it's kind of, I feel like there's phases a lot of the time. And the, and the, what I'm hearing is the first phase is find your voice, yeah. which is be consistent enough to work out what doesn't work and what does work. And then the second phase is kind of like get aware and it's you're looking back on the content and going, this worked, this, this didn't work. So I need to produce more of this and more of that. And then also layering that with, is this aligning with moving people to my products, my programs, my launches, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what the, like the phases? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, don't let your ego get in the way. You know, if you look at a strategy that somebody's doing, right? So I'm a very private person. I do not share a ton personal, personally yeah. about me. And I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to get personal. I'm going to share a really like a good story that people are going to be like, wow, you know, like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. And I like put it out there and I was thinking this was going to be like this crazy amount of likes and it did like nothing. And that hurts your ego a little bit, right? You're like, I just gave you what everybody says you're supposed to be doing and be vulnerable and share and right. And I just had to say to myself, it's just not what they're looking for from me. Right. And it's okay. And you know what? That's actually a good thing because that's not who I naturally am. So if it did blow up and I had to get vulnerable every other day, I don't think I would enjoy that as much as me getting to be the how to and do this and try that. And cause that's me. I light up by telling people what to do. <laughs> I was the bossy kid and I'm still a bossy adult. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, everything what you're saying is just a lot because we're, we've grown our social media quite a lot over the last two years and, yeah. and the strategies you're talking about just work. Like that is, that is the stuff that we're following and doing. So it's mm-hmm. so cool to hear you talk about that now. Um, Can you talk about, I know that you have got like a low ticket offer around uh, like content generation, et cetera. Can you talk about that, what that program is about and, and kind of like maybe some of the, some tips that people could, and that, you know, happy to share with the audience where that is, et cetera, but talk about the content generation machine and what you're doing there. Yeah. So it's called the content machine. And it's one of those things where I listen, right? So people are saying, how are you everywhere? How are you doing all of the things? And that's where this product idea came from. So it's really us, my team and I teaching how to become a content machine, how to pick that one pillar piece of content, Um, whether that is the podcast, whether that's a live video, um, a blog post, right? Because another thing is I tell people, if you're going to say no to camera, like you're just going to, you're going to listen to Colin and me and you're going to choose to not implement that. And you're just going to blog for the next three months. That's okay. You can still be a content machine with your blog, but know that at some point you will want to go to that next level, right? So the content machine is about finding your pillar piece of content and planning that out, really asking yourself, like pouring into it. If you're still thinking, I'm going live today, what should I talk about? And then you hit live like 30 seconds later, this is not a strategy, okay? When you hit go live, you better have it prepped, ready to go. You know the strategy, you know the call to action. If you're driving traffic, but you're not really getting results from it, it's probably because of lack of preparation, right? So with with us and being a content machine, we tell people, yes, there's a quantity involved, like there's quantity for sure, but there's quality with the quantity, It's not which one is my motto, which one am I picking? It's one quality piece of content that is turned into several pieces, right? Lots of quantity. Whereas versus I think people look at, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And they just throw things out there. We want you to get good at being consistent and showing up. One thing I heard somebody say a long time ago that has stuck with me is somebody, everything you put out there, okay? Somebody is grabbing one of those pieces of content, whatever it is. And somebody has seen it for the first, seen you for the first time, Mm. every single post, 
every single live, every single podcast, somebody is listening right now to Colin's podcast for the first time ever. That person is judging this episode of will I come back? Will I subscribe? Will I listen again? Right? Now that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) When you're like, oh shoot, what I'm posting on Instagram today is literally somebody's first impression of me. First impressions are everything. That is why you need more focus on the quality piece of content that then turns into quantity, but it's okay because that original is the quality and consistency that you've been preaching and you've been putting out there this entire time. So basically what we do in the content machine is show, because we know we came out, we came out at the swinging and we're like, here's what we do on our team. And then everybody's like, that's great, but I have nobody. So we, we went back in the program and we said, okay, here's what I would do if you were a solopreneur, just you, here's what I would do. Then here's what I would do with one to two VAs. And then I said, here's what my team does, which was a mass. If people see how much we do, they're like, what? Like, this is why you have this many people working for you. Right. So we basically break down in, we use monday.com. So we actually share our boards of the to do. So when you say like, where is that? That's actually what we sell to people is here's the exact step-by-step what you need right. to do. Right. Yeah. Love it. And I will leave, we'll leave a link to the, in the okay. show notes to that so people can check that out. This is so good. I'm in terms of like going to the next level, like let's say someone is at about 2000 followers. What, like, what are you seeing as some of the, the new trends on different platforms that you're recommending people to lean into <laughs> at the moment? Yeah. So, okay. Let's, I love this question. So Clubhouse, right? All Mm. of a sudden, Clubhouse is being talked about. So here's what I will say about this, because I don't know if Clubhouse is here to stay. I I don't know if this is going to work or not, but my strategy currently is working whether it stays or not. So here's what I'm doing. I am finding about four or more people every single week, sometimes a couple times a week to do a Clubhouse with me. Okay. Here's what's happening. We are all promoting it on social media, primarily Instagram, right? We're promoting it on Instagram and then we're getting followers that see me. Let's say Colin and I do one and Colin shares it. People are like, who's this Stacy girl? They follow me on Instagram, right? So what's nice is if Clubhouse goes away, my Clubhouse strategy is positively impacting my Instagram, which Instagram mm-hmm. is working and I know that. Yeah. So I'm putting yeah. energy there. Now, as we do that, then I'm also getting your followers to come maybe follow me on Clubhouse as well, Right. I'm also on Clubhouse getting to chat with other people. I'm networking. I'm building a deeper relationship with these collaborators and moderators. So even if Clubhouse does go away, right, I'm still getting to access my network. I'm building these collaborations. And not only that, in the short period I've been on it, we're already getting new leads. We have people jump into our boot camps. So we're already monetizing and making this work. But I want you to see like how I'm thinking What happens if this isn't a big thing, right? I'm not putting all my eggs in the clubhouse basket, like wishing and hoping here. I'm saying I should definitely jump on it because why? Because clubhouse is going to, it's very undersaturated at the moment, right? It's one of those hot trendy platforms where people are under producing and over consuming. I want to be there, right? I am kicking myself for not jumping on Instagram when it was so popular a few years ago, but I was like, "Eh, I'm not really going to do it. Not really my thing, right? You and I would have been 10 times bigger if we would have jumped on Instagram two years earlier, right? But we didn't know. But now we do know. And now we know that when a trendy platform pops up and we think our people are there, we need to hit it fast. But somebody again is watching for the first time. They're listening for the first time. You better bring quality or you're never going to get them to follow you on Instagram or follow you on Clubhouse or promote you or continue to check it out. Mm, I love this. So what I'm hearing is your philosophy is create something quality. And then from there, you can extract, extrapolate, you know, produce a whole bunch of other content. And I'm wondering about how much do you tweak it for the platform? So let's say you start with your podcast and then you go to like, you know, Instagram or Facebook or I mean, Clubhouse, you can't really do anything with that at the moment in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do you tweak it for other platforms? Well, you've got to ask yourself, what are they looking for from you there? Right. So when we take a piece of content um, and actually, even though I start with the podcast, it really starts as a blog. So now I have somebody on my team that goes into my survey and goes into my comments and my posts and my DMs and literally preps a blog for me. 
I go live with the podcast and I'm getting to look at this blog and just be inspired and I get to take my own spin on it. Right. So it's really cool. Hang on, just press pause. So you have someone who writes a blog for you to give you some content. And then obviously you bring your personality and flair and knowledge to it but they give you the framework and structure now yep. based off the surveys that you're getting and the feedback. Yep. So it's That's basically so like, it is so good. Like Colin, my life is just, it has changed <laughs> because I do so much content. I just yes. was like, you guys, I Same. can't. Yeah. Yeah. So now this person comes to me with a framework. So like the one I just did, I'm trying to think what I just did was um, four ways to get hyper-focused in 2021. Okay. So she, she actually went to my book and grabbed things out of my book and gave me the framework I could glance at that. I literally glanced at it for 60 seconds. I'm not even going to lie. 60 seconds, kept it up on my screen so I could go back if I needed to peek at something. And I talked for 30 minutes from looking at something for 60 seconds. So now she'll re-listen to that podcast. And if I shared a story or I went deeper or I said something that she didn't write or she didn't say, she'll go edit the blog to make it really my style. And then it goes, so then it's a blog on Pinterest, right? So it's like, we're not putting a video on Pinterest isn't going to be as good as putting a, a real blog on Pinterest. Right. So you've got to, you've got to ask yourself, what are they looking for there? You know, Facebook likes short little videos, three to five minute videos on Facebook do so, so well. Yeah. Putting my 30 minute video on Facebook, not that well. So you really want to ask yourself what is hot over here and how can I put it there? Mm, nice. So, uh, it's so you are tweaking it for the platform, yeah. and but what I'm hearing is, I mean, I love that strategy that just came out of it of like creating a framework. Like these are three ideas. What I'm hearing, you know, three ideas or five ideas to talk about, and then you just you just produce content on it. What What do you think about you know when people say, oh, but I've already talked about that before. Like a lot of people say, I've already talked about this topic before. Like my audience has heard this topic before. What What would you say to that? Yeah. So first of all, what is the turnover in your audience? You might not even know. You think, oh, I talked about this two years ago. Well, how many of those two years ago listeners are even still here? No offense. Like, we don't know. You might have such a new group of people listening, right? Or they need to rehear it. So another strategy that we do is we have certain podcasts that are like, I want to call them like best listeners or most downloaded, right? Where we bring them back every year. So every year I do a podcast called Stacy's favorite things, no affiliate links. It kills it because people are like, oh, wow, she actually likes these things. She's not just trying to make money off of me. And they want to hear what is now, what do I still like? Because last year I might've been obsessed with this one thing. And this year I'm like, you guys, I actually don't use it anymore. I use this now. Right. So things change. So if you feel like you've already talked about it, how often have you talked about it? Because honestly, once a year is more like that's actually being generous. You could talk about something once every six months, once every three months, right? Once a year, pull that stuff back. I remember one time um, we have a system now, but we didn't back in August. And I was like, what am I talking about today on my Facebook live? Like this is, ugh, I don't even know. And I, I went back into our, cause we document everything. I don't let anything go. I put everything down. So I went back to last August And I looked at what I did for my lives and I literally opened up one of the notes and I redid the entire thing, but Mm. there will be tweaks because something will be different, right? Depending on what you're talking about, how you're doing it, you evolve, right? You're not doing everything the same, the way that you were doing it a year ago. And no one said, I think I heard this before. Like nobody, (laughs) nobody questioned it. Nobody. And I'm thinking, this is hilarious. I just redid last year's August, like 15th Facebook live this August 15th. Oh, no, I'm so big on this. And that's kind of what you're, what you're saying was what I thought you were going to say, which is <laughs> very much your audience. I mean, you are so close to your own content. And when you say it once in a blog or yeah. an email, first of all, you will only get a certain percentage of an open rate. Let's say it's 25% or 30%. And then the amount of people that actually click through and listen or watch it, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, People hear it once, they haven't actually heard it. Like, no, yeah. You know, they've heard it on one layer, one level, and here they need to hear it multiple layers yes. and levels to actually experience it. And I think that there's a fallacy out there, which is like, I've said this before. Can I actually say it again? And you don't even need to acknowledge that you've said it before. Yeah. That's, a, I think people are like apologizing. Like, now I know I did this, but it's going to be totally that's different, so, that's guys. It's so annoying it's when they do totally that. It's totally different. Yes. Like, listen, they don't know, they don't care. Just say it, right? Hmm. Rinse and repeat is so important. And if if you're a good teacher, 
you know, they have to hear it more than once. You know that they're going to take away different things this time. So almost remind yourself that you are hurting your people listening by not repeating some of this amazing content. This is so good. Stacey, there's, there's been so many great practical tips and hacks, and uh, we'll leave all the links in the show notes. Uh, in terms of, first of all, them like really connecting with you. I know you've got a podcast, uh, Foot Traffic Formula. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And uh, you've also, obviously your social media, what's your social media handle? It's just Stacey. Everything Tushel. is just yeah, at Stacey Tushel on, on social. Yeah, great. And we'll leave those links there as well. I always like to ask my podcast listeners a bit of a kind of, philosophy question uh, as they finish up, which is, you know, you've lived your life, you've done amazing stuff, built everything that you wanted to build. And let's say it's the end of your life and people are standing around your friends, your family, your clients, and they're talking about Stacey Tushel. What would be your hope that they would say about you? Hmm. I'm hoping they say things like she played full out, Hmm. like she went all in. Um, was resilient because yeah, I'm doing well, but there has been a lot. I mean, I have a, let's not forget. I have a brick and mortar in a pandemic. <laughs> like, let's not forget. There's been some not so great moments in my life. Yeah. Stacy runs a dance uh, studio, yeah. guys. So yeah. <laughs> two dance studio. Two, that two. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think that's mm. my biggest thing is that like I've worked really hard and I've earned, you know, all of the work and the, the things that have come my way. And I, I want people to remember that about me. Yeah, you really have. I mean, you inspire Sarah and I so much and I really value our friendship and uh, I know that there's going to be more and more really cool stuff that we can do together in the future. So thanks so much, Stacey, for coming on. Thank you. You're the best, Colin. Thanks. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.